Laura. Welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the podcast where we are watching the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie one minute at a time. Today we are on minute number three, starting with a very lovely shot of a broken down New York City dumpster. And uh, we are going to go all the way until we see April O'Neil's lovely little chin dimple on the screen in front of us. I am Scott Tofty, and with me as always are my fantastic co-hosts, my fearsome fighting team, Chris O'Connor. Never pay full price for a late podcast. Yeah. Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And Adam Sheehan. Bossa Nova. Chevy Nova. <laughs> Reaganomics. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here we are in minute three. We have a fantastic shot of a dumpster, and we are uh, very quickly introduced to perhaps one of the greatest enterprises in New York City. You know, it really makes you feel proud to be an American. Mario's diaper service. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. Drop off or pick up? I think it's a, I think it's a pick up. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think you arrange, you make an arrangement with a company and they bring you the cloth diapers and then you leave them for them and then they come and pick them up. Brings me to my next question. The foot soldiers that are revealed to be in the back of this. Okay, let's just assume for a minute that Mario's diaper service is an actual company and not just a clever ploy. Mm -hmm. Um, They had to clean out the back of this truck, right? You know, I I think it might be a clever ploy because who is going to check inside a diaper service van? That's a good point. That's actually, you know what? That's a really good point. And it sort of... Listen, the Foot Clan are sort of portrayed as bumbling idiots most of the time, at least in the TV show. In this movie, they're kind of given a little bit more, given a little bit more credit in this movie as far as capable uh, 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 ninjas, a little bit more credit. Yeah, um, I suppose. So let's say that maybe at least they're smart enough to not ride in the back of a poop mobile. At least, at least in the first act, you know, establishing them as a credible threat to our turtle heroes, they are right. given a certain air of competency and 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 menace. Yeah. Except, just, for, except for the stupid eye cover things. Yeah. The bug eye like thing bug, yeah, does flies. not make sense. I don't know where it came from. I don't know whose idea it is. I think if you look at the comic books, right? So I'm going to just, I have Ninja Turtles number one sitting out here. And I'm just going to crack this open. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to look in the first appearance of a foot soldier is not until, well, they're fighting some thugs. So we get to page, oh, 26, 27. So it's, we see a shot of Shredder kind of hanging out and he sees the Foot Clan. And the Foot Clan are drawn with just big, round, white eyeball things that appear to protrude from their hood. They're not like your traditional ninja masks. It's pretty faithful to the comics here. The only thing in the comic books that are missing are so... the, uh, the headbands. There's no headbands in the comic book. What's what's interesting about this iteration of the 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 Foot Clan is in in the Eastman Laird comics they were they were these like trained hardened um, ninjas and here they're just kind of they're kids really right like y- yeah I mean we don't we haven't sort of been shown that yet that is something we'll get to in in some later minutes is the 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 makeup of who who gets into the Foot Clan so I don't want to get into that too much. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, 
to Chris's point, we are trying to set up the movie here as these being the the bad guys. Like these are the thieves that April is talking about through the whole beginning sort of monologue here. Still talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're supposed to be menacing. And here they are. They're sort of lording over these children. You know, the, the kids are handing off all their goods to these guys in the masks. Um, oh, what was, who, who was the leader of like the, the pickpocketing children in like, uh, what was it, Oliver Twist or something? Dodger? The yeah. Artful Dodger? If the Artful Dodger like carried Shuriken and, and beat the crap out of people. <laughs> yeah. So at, at five seconds into this minute, we're handing off a keyboard. And then we're handing off a giant box. There's Danny in his stupid Sid Vicious shirt again. Oh, um, that, that kid with the keyboard is wearing denim on denim. That is a... Canadian tuxedo. Oh, and it's flannel-lined denim. And one of, the, one of the warriors drops off that old lady's TV. Oh. He's also not Emilio Estevez. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's not n- Emilio Estevez? <laughs> he's, like, he's like almost Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Emilio but he's Light. dressed. He's dressed more like um, John Bender. Yeah, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, what was with the the late '80s and early '90s where it's like I'm just going to wear all my clothes at once? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a great episode of The Goldbergs. I don't know if you watched that show, mm-hmm. where the the youngest kid in the family is trying to come up with like his cool new identity for when he starts as a freshman in high school. So he decides I'm going to be Bender. So he's literally wearing like 13 layers of clothes and a long jacket on the first day of school, which is like September something. It's not cold out. Right. I always thought that John Bender like probably slept outside a lot. So he needed to keep warm. Yeah. He's kind of homeless, maybe. He had a sad life. He did not have a great life, probably. No. Um, I forget what the tag was. Aren't they like at the end of the movie? Doesn't it tell you what they all went on to do? I don't think so. No, no, it, it, I think it just shows, like, freeze frames of them all or yeah, something. Yeah, and it has, like, Bowie lyrics. Or is that in the beginning? I don't remember. Uh, the Bowie lyrics in the beginning. Okay. That much I remember. There's a bike in the van here in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Danny hands off a box, two boxes of something, and then we have uh, what looks to be a, uh, uh, I get Adam, you brought this up. It looks kind of like X-Pac, one, two, three, yeah. kid. Like a Sean, young Sean X-Pac. Lyman. I think uh, he, they were probably modeling him after the Warriors. The Warriors, yeah. I mean, if you, you want know, to go that route, Xbox you can say what? that too. Yeah, I I'm going like to look to the past for the references they would have gone to <laughs> not the rather future. than the future. <laughs> That's true. Sean He's... Waltman would not even have debuted in WWE until, what, 1992? Something like that. Yeah. But this kid has a sweet uh, jerry curl. He's, he's uh... a... <laughs> is that a jerry curl or just a giant ponytail? It's hard to tell. I mean, I, I sort of see curls. Uh, uh, maybe it's a ponytail. It's just yeah, a wavy it's a ponytail. Point. It's just wavy. <laughs> I want to I wanna give credit to the composer one more time, because as the Foot Clan members shut those doors to the van, you get this walk dun, down dun, in the music. Dun, dun. And then the last door closes, kaboom, on the ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba smash. <laughs> Very good timing. <laughs> and then the diaper truck is, is out of here. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, diaper truck. Man, I can't get over that. You remember in the cartoon, they had like a truck. It was, there was a... Is that really a... That can't be a real thing. Oh, what was the thing? There's like a Tortellini's Cleaners or something. I, this is in, something that I should have looked up before. You guys keep talking. I'm going to see if diaper service is any... What is diaper service? It is a real thing, I swear. I, just, I don't think a lot of people use it, though. You, 
You sound like a man who's interested in subscribing to a diaper Chris, service. Do you potentially have a small baby sleeping at home right now? <laughs> I do have a small baby sleeping at home right now. Hopefully nobody can hear the little rain machine in my baby monitor that's two feet away. It's but, gonna uh, keep I us calm. Do. We're gonna use our public radio voices mm-hmm. and our, our NPR voices. If we don't use our public radio voices, my wife will kill me. Oh, <laughs> all right, cool. She she's um, ten feet away. Oh, oh. Hi, Chris's wife. Hi, Chris's wife. <laughs> you're, you're on headphones, so, so she can't hear you. <laughs> we we continue. Uh, we see a couple of dudes rolling under a fence. Oh. In Tromaville, New Jersey, it yeah. looks like. Barbed wire fence. Uh, from what I can tell, oh. this sequence might have been filmed on Roosevelt Island <sighs> in New York City, which used to contain like a, a old abandoned smallpox hospital. This Ooh. is out where the get down takes place. Yeah. Um, and then we are brought into this place. And now we can talk about, we brought this up a little bit last minute, or actually maybe just a second ago. Like, uh, what are these, what's what's going on here? What is happening with the Foot Clan? Because right now all we see are a bunch of like preppy looking 90s kids hanging out in a warehouse. Well, not quite preppy. Is is this is this the Foot Clan? We have dude with the shutter shades, the, the flip up Dwayne Wade glasses <laughs> there from a different world. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, no, no. Is that, I think that might be what, like a little hat. No, I think those no. Are there's the hat glasses. on the dude on the left, right? The little tiny uh, with the tiny yeah. brim, and then the kid in the middle. Oh, who, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see um, now. Looks like another kid from like the movie Little Giants or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> has the weird sunglasses. Lots of sleeveless happening in this movie. Do, do these kids live at this warehouse? Like, see, that's it, what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. Like, they, they, they could live there. They can live anywhere. They are s- children of the street. They can make their <laughs> they make their home where they choose. How uh, many of these kids do you think were kidnapped? Right. That raises the question: Is this child trafficking? <laughs> I, n- 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 so <laughs> again, that's sort of something. Sort of something that we'll we'll see a little bit later, like why they're there and sort of the method that they're there. But like right now, we've got a whole bunch of kids that are appear to be working in this factory. Um, we see a shot at about 37 seconds into this minute of Danny again, uh, and his friend wolfing down a whopper and then a foot soldier sort of watching over their shoulder. Like they're just, they're, they're opening all this merchandise. They're sorting it. We don't really know what they're doing with it yet, but these kids are like apparently working for the foot, whether it's like forced labor, we don't know as of yet. We will find out later on that like Danny has a home life and he assumedly lives with his father, but he ditches school to like do his foot activities um, and apparently eat a lot of Burger King and apparently yeah. only steal things from JVC. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to point out that in, in a lot of nineties movies, there seemed to be an abundance of warehouses for bad guys to hang out. Well, you know, real estate was a lot cheaper back then. That's because there were an abundance of warehouses, period. Yeah. And this was New York in the late eighties. It's the cheap sort of space you can get. There, there was a lot of like arson and, and, Stuff like that in the late '80s in New York, there were abandoned buildings literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. So again, abandoned smallpox hospital. I bring up to you, burning <laughs> night. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, we'll find out later exactly what island this is in in the canon of the movie. We'll talk about that later on in the film. Um, but yeah, like, is it is it child trafficking? Are they selling these items? Are they keeping these items? Are these all just to furnish their really cool fort or are they going to actually try to make <laughs> money off this? Like, why are they stealing? Well, Danny does pocket the Walkman. Yeah. 
That's oh, well, does you know, he? Presumably, you know, there's some compensation for your he your does. thieving activities. Or he's just so badass that he'll even steal from the shredder. He doesn't even care. And how does that ninja not see that though? You know, he's probably not watching that closely. Those crazy eye things probably get in the way of finding. <laughs> can't details. really see very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, shredder, we keep getting beaten in these fights, and it's it's like I can't see what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I need my peripheral vision. I want to go back for a second. There's a a line when they're sneaking under the fence. One of the dudes says, "Come on, hurry up." I'm not 100% sure, and I think this is maybe confirmed a little later in a future minute, but I think all these little voiceovers for the thugs, I think they're the turtle actors. They're the turtle voice actors doing a lot of the the ADR, the dialogue recording. Hmm. Do you think they did the, huh? Yes, I, absolutely. <laughs> huh? That makes perfect sense. Yes. Or do you think they just got Tim Allen? <laughs> well, what was he doing in 1990? Uh, stand up, maybe. I think, I think so. prison. I don't think he was in prison. No, he went to jail for cocaine. But no, oh. but that was that was earlier in the eighties. Was that earlier? Yeah, that was much earlier. Because he got he he got home improvement in the early nineties. Ninety one, right? yeah. So I don't know. 91. He's probably doing stand up. Yeah, he's still doing stand up. Mm-hmm. Building stuff, more power. You know, differences between men and women. Yes, <laughs> misogyny. <laughs> um, power tools. <laughs> 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 um, so we see more product placement Burger King more cool old Burger King also really crappy mm-hmm. fence at at about 47 seconds we get perhaps one of the coolest 1980s cross pop cultural references you're gonna get April O'Neil asks a very important question who you gonna call <laughs> the Ninja Turtles the answer is obviously not the Ghostbusters a group of four people. Yeah, another group. <laughs> you're right. Another group. It's amazing how many groups of four pop up in yeah. the 80s and the 90s. Adam, you had some thoughts about this, didn't you? They all have the same, pretty much the same four character types, too. Like, it, it was a big trend, a big trope, I guess, back in those days of groups of four where you have, like, the Boy Scout leader. Well, no, you have the, that in... Um, in uh, uh, well, not just then, but like uh, the Three Musketeers. Like I was, I've been reading that to my kid to make him go to sleep, and and like in that it was, it was those four characters and those four like uh, like the tro- the the tropes or, or uh, the characters that carry through. You have uh, the, the you archetype. Know, yeah, the archetype. I'm sorry, I know English. <laughs> but you you have like the Boy Scout leader. You have the the sciency type. You have the the hot headed. Um, a tempered guy, and you have the guy that's just there to you know smoke weed and eat pizza. The party mm-hmm. dude, yeah. yeah. So like Egon in Ghostbusters, yeah. Ghostbusters, the the top two are kind of interchangeable to me. Ray and Egon kind of go back and forth as to who's the Leonardo and who's the Donatello. I think it depends on which version of Ghost, but like if you're watching the movie Ghostbusters or like, like the real Ghostbusters cartoon, I think it's mm-hmm. a little different. Um, D'Artagnan is Raphael. Um, yeah, and then the other three all bleed together. Curses! I can't remember who did what. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But my Three Musketeers knowledge starts and ends with the Charlie Sheen Three Musketeers. <laughs> oh. uh, have you which, have you seen the one from the the seventies? Michael York and uh, and Charlton. No, Heston. I haven't. You need to see it. You really right, need to. I'll do make yourself a, note a favor of that. and watch those. 
is it better than the Charlie Sheen one? Because I really like the yes. Charlie Sheen. One. <laughs> yes, I, I remember. I remember really liking that movie too. And then going back like ten years later, going, "What the yeah. hell is this?" That's one of those movies. If that showed up on Netflix, I would turn that on now. I would like, stop what we're doing. Like, I have to go watch this. The, the Michael, the Michael York, Charlton Heston, like Three Musketeers movies are are kind of. I haven't watched them in a while. I really want to rewatch them, but they're they're kind of awesome. They're beautiful in, in their own way. Don't the Musketeers also um, feature prominently in that really bad um, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Man in the Iron Mask? Yep. And yep. Gerard Depardieu is one of them, and no Gerard, one else is French. Gerard Depardieu <laughs> and uh, John Malkovich and yeah. Jeremy Irons. Hang on, and- Leonardo's in Musketeers. Isn't there an episode? There's an episode of the cartoon show where Leonardo like gets hit in the head and thinks he's one of the three Musketeers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, that's oh my classic. god, that does happen. I remember that. That, like, that absolutely happens, and it's. It's come full circle, Adam. <laughs> that, that classic TV trope of getting bonked on the head and then thinking you're someone else and then getting bonked on the head a second time mm-hmm. and being better. Concussions <laughs> are totally reversible, guys. All you got to do is hit yourself again. Right. Right. Brain injury. Not a thing. <laughs> yeah. So the minute wraps up with uh, April O'Neil uh, addressing the camera very poignantly and telling us uh, with that fantastic chin dimple of hers is that the most deafening silence is that coming from City Hall. So April O'Neil, not a big fan of New York City government, I take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does not think they're holding their own in this whole rash of crime that's happening here. Oh my and goodness. Do you guys remember in the TV show, what channel did April work for? Six. Channel, yes. channel, six. channel six. Channel six. Has it bugged you as much as it bugs me that they changed it to channel three? Yeah. Like... I just don't understand why why do that. We'll we'll get to the change that bugs me the most shortly, but but yeah, the the oh. change to the uh, the channel doesn't make much sense. Yeah. I mean, all I can imagine is that they just found that like they they knew somebody at an actual channel 3 who's like, "Hey, you can use our stuff." Or it may have been a licensing issue. It might have been. There might have been a Channel 3 in New York at the time or Channel 6 at New York. As a cost-saving thing, it's like Channel 3 was cooperative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um April O'Neil, little quick backstory in her. We haven't even really been. Do, did we hear her name in the movie yet? I can't even remember no, if they yet. named her. Not no. Um, so in the comics, she doesn't even show up in the first issue of Ninja Turtles. She is totally after the book came out and it was already like kind of successful. They're like, oh, oh my god, we need to make more of these. So April O'Neil does not even show up. I'm flipping through right now until page five four. Sorry. No, page five of issue number two. And get this, she's the lab assistant for Baxter Stockman. She was never a TV reporter in the comic books. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, she it's was, interesting. I have not read any of the original comics. I recommend it. They're very good. Mm. Well, the first, first 20 are very good. They go a little weird from there. Throughout the different iterations of the Turtles, it's, it's funny what things are consistent and what things tend to flop back and forth. Like, yeah. like April's role as either a TV news reporter or a, a lab assistant kind of goes back and forth. It's funny because in the newest movies, she's both like her dad was a scientist yeah. in the new movies. And but then she becomes a reporter. She named the turtles. And in the I, in the IDW comic, she's also it's, it's the same thing. Like her dad was in charge. Right. Of the, the, so. And it's funny how much they all borrow from each other. Like, if you look at this movie so far, there hasn't been a lot to borrow from. Like, the foot soldier design is kind of borrowed from the comic books pretty closely. 
April actually looks like she does in the comics. Like her hair is kind of big and wild in, in the original comics. Um, especially as they go on, her hair kind of gets a little curlier the way they draw her. But um, she's a news reporter. But they borrow the personality from the yeah. TV show. She's a news reporter. So they just kind of, it's, I just, the thing I think I love most about this movie is how much it honors the source material. And it almost like it really, despite the fact that it's about four giant turtles, it doesn't really get campy. Mm. Yeah, it's it stays kind of dark and and gritty to use that word again. Yeah, but um, what, I think it, it gets campy at some points. But I mean, to a degree. But it ne- never as bad as like the sequels. Oh yeah, like, no, no, never as bad <laughs> as the sequels. They have a very. <laughs> but like, if you comedy. made a Venn diagram of the cartoon series and the original Eastman Laird comics, the middle part is this movie. Mm. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, if you watch the first couple of episodes like that pilot episode of the cartoon like enter the shredder i think it's called there's there's some some pretty straightforward borrowing from the comics but it really like it it stops paying attention to the comics pretty quickly yeah um well the comics kill shredder in the first issue oh yeah it definitely does uh in the first issue and then again later on he comes back and they kill him again so again something consistent with the movies right uh but yeah, I just, I always, I always liked how this movie sort of, it, it pulls so much. And that's one of the things I want to do during the show is point out where it pulls directly from which parts of the Ninja Turtles sort of, uh, uh, canon and legacy. Um, and I guess we just did that with April. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm good for this minute. If you guys are, I don't think I really have anything else. Well, we got our first look at uh, you know the the main henchman Tatsu, but you know we'll we'll talk about oh, him. Oh, we didn't even talk about Tatsu. We didn't, yeah, we, we didn't we didn't talk about him, but we he can he doesn't really say anything yet. Yeah, so. they don't really let us know that he's anyone important, other than the fact that he's kind of just walking around. We don't get a name. Wearing a weird costume. Mm-hmm. Well, he's yeah, the only he's, adult, and he's a grown. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He's the only verifiable adult because we have no idea how old the foot soldiers are. Uh, behind those masks or if they're even human or yeah. if they're even human i mean as a child going to see this movie they're human. coming from the cartoon show they should be robots right that's true right that's true they should be robots and that would have permitted them to do better terrible violence. things to them yeah, yeah. what oh you make it sound less sexual the way you say it <laughs> <laughs> so so funny funny anecdote about robots and censorship um I think in Germany, there's really extreme censorship laws. So, yeah, you can't show some like someone killing another human being in a video game. But if you turn it into a robot, it's totally cool. That's why Contra got changed to uh, Robotector. Yeah, there there are scenes from video games where like someone just painted over the person's face with like robot metal panels and stuff. Very (laughs) weird. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why Ninja Turtles, I mean, the, one of the reasons in the TV show that they changed the Foot Clan, you know, in the comics, they're people. And mm-hmm. in the, the 87 TV show, they're robots is because they wanted them to be able to, like, actually fight, actually yeah. use the weapons, which will become a problem in the film choreography uh, when we get to it. Yeah, because it's yeah. like, how do you have swords and then, like, fight non-lethal? You know, like, you got swords, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Yeah, like, they were very creative about it with this movie, and it was never something I really noticed until I got older. But Chris, you're sort of the resident uh, martial arts expert, so we'll we'll defer to you when that comes up. 
<laughs> um, but other than that, I think we're good on this minute. So uh, uh, I want to thank everyone that's listening so far and uh, our producer, Scott Corelli, over at Dueling Genre. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for hanging out and, and chatting this with me. I'm having a good time so far. We got a couple more minutes left to go this week, so we will see you tomorrow. Happy. Th- it's Wednesday today, so see you tomorrow on Thursday. See you, see you Thursday. Bye. Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Cowabunga.